0: It's the podcast with the most sounds of cars and motorcycles driving by. All right, kids, we're going to get to the part where I want you to turn your radios up real loud. Here it comes, everybody. Get ready to rock. That is how you start a podcast with authority. Greetings. Salutations. It's the Bitterness and Rage Show. As always, I'm Rob, your maestro of bitterness, your conductor of rage. Welcome. I have one question before we begin. Hey, sports, what the hell is going on this week? My God, what a week we've had, huh? Oscar Bistorius is found not guilty of murder. Bruce Levinson is selling his team. Danny Ferry is taking a leave of absence. Both from the Atlanta Hawks over racially charged comments. And I think a couple football players, if I'm not mistaken, may find themselves in more hot water than they originally expected. Uh, welcome, everyone, once again. Let me, uh, before we start the big showgram, as always, let me tell you how you can find me, how you can send me some love, some affection, if you will, at Bitter and Rage on your Twitter machines. Bitternessandrage at gmail.com if you want to send me some fan mail. Uh, bitternessandrage.podbean.com. That's where you can find the show. That's where you can subscribe. That's where you can leave a nice comment and tell me what is just a super duper bang up job you think I'm doing. All right, let us begin, shall we? Um, last week, uh, I guess I should tell you what's going to be on the show. Of course, we're going to talk all about Ray Rice, some Adrian Peterson. Uh, I'm going to revisit one of my favorite scandals. Uh, We're going to talk about some Lloyd McClendon... Michigas, as I like to say. Uh, There's been way too much of the plunking of people in the face in baseball. Got the QSR spotlight, of course. And, as always, we'll finish things with the ever-popular Dope of the Week segment. But foist... Let me just go back to something that I brought up last time we got together like this. I told you that uh, one thing I hate about fall, this was in the last showgram, was all the pumpkin spice and fall-flavored themed foods. Everything has to be somehow pumpkin spicy or apple pie-y or candy corn ...esque. And I found this story that took that attitude to a whole new, rather nauseating and creepy level. Durix, America's, well, one of America's favorite condom makers, has, yes, that's right, a pumpkin spice condom. Yes, you heard me correctly. A pumpkin spice condom. Zoinks, as my good friend Shaggy might have said. Um, Yeah, it's uh, coated in artificial cinnamon and nutmeg. Now, I'm totally nauseated by this, as I'm sure my millions of listeners are too, but it was um, confirmed by Durex over the weekend that um, indeed, well, Monday after the weekend this came out, that indeed that was a hoax. Thank God. But rest assured... Uh, There are bacon, whiskey, and chocolate-flavored condoms. Bacon, whiskey, chocolate. Sounds like a super-duper weekend. Uh, Before I begin, I just want to give a shout-out to uh, my good friend Stillman, who said, and this would be a great name for the show. I wish he had mentioned this to me uh, many moons ago, but he said, I listen to your show, and you take a lot of moral stance. They should call you the sports rabbi. Yeah, wouldn't that be a great name for this podcast, the Sports Rabbi? But alas, we must move on with the Bitterness and Rage show. All right, Um, I'm going to dive headfirst into this, uh, the whole Ray Rice saga, as it were. I really don't know where to begin. I mean, people have been whacking at this pinata all week, and I I realize that by the time you listen to this, uh, unless you're living on Venus... Uh, this will be old news, and I understand that. I get it, but I haven't had my chance to spew my venom yet, and I don't want to rehash what happened, uh, the the events that transpired at the Rebel Hotel and Casino back uh, earlier this year, but I want to look at the punishment, um, starting with the two-game suspension and then effortlessly moving to the indefinite the, the being cut by the Ravens and then the indefinite um, suspension by the NFL. The, the punishment, and I want to start here with the punishment, it, it seems to me to be both hypocritical and slightly confusing. And, and I'll start with the slightly confusing first. And I, when Ray Rice is first suspended for two games, there's no real penalty in place for punishing um, perpetrators of domestic violence crimes. And he gets the two games. And then there's the, the usual outrage that follows with punishments that people outside of an organization feel is inappropriate. And Goodell then revises, well, it doesn't revise the policy, I guess, initiates a policy in which he says that you get six games on first offense and an indefinite suspension Or a lifetime ban, I should say. Not indefinite suspension. You get a lifetime ban from the NFL on the 2nd. And I I dealt with this a lot on the last show. And I told you that it's not... You can't just look at it in a vacuum. You have to look at... uh, When you you compare the Ray Rice punishment to the Josh Gordon punishment, you can't just look at it as comparing domestic violence to uh, using uh, drugs violating the substance abuse policy. Um, it, it goes deeper than that. So the confusing thing, first of all, is Ray Rice has already been punished. There's a new policy that comes out. And in the wake of the videotape that was released by TMZ earlier this week, he's he skips over the first-time offender part and goes right to the second offense the lifetime, although it was called an indefinite suspension. But it's really a lifetime ban at this point. And I don't understand how you get punished twice for the same thing. I don't understand how you bypass the first time offender part of it, because this was a first time offense. He didn't do any new crime. This was a this was a videotape is resurfaced just confirming that he already committed the crime that he was initially punished for. So so how does the NFL go from a two-game suspension to an indefinite suspension when they just passed a policy that said first time six games, second time a lifetime ban, a two-strikes-and-you're-out policy. I don't get it. I don't understand. And it goes back to should Roger Goodell have punished him more stringently the first time? Of course. Of course he should have it would have you know when you complain that a punishment is too severe at least the people that mete out the punishment look like they were trying to give credence to a philosophy that we're not going to stand for this type of abuse and criminal behavior by our own players but I still stand by my original assertion about the two games. I'm not saying that domestic violence is only worth two games, but that was the punishment. And this videotape that was released doesn't add a thing to that crime. It just shows you the crime. And yes, a videotape makes it seem that much more real. A videotape makes you feel like you're... Well, you are. You're a witness to this kind of abuse, but it doesn't change the abuse. If you look at this in a purely clinical and objective way, it's a crime, a domestic violence crime, for which he pled and for which he admitted his crime. So nothing has really changed, except now you can actually see it. So I don't believe that there was any need for... Further punishment. And we're going to get to the hypocrisy part of it in a moment. So that part of it is confusing. I don't understand how for the same crime he's punished twice and the second time he bypasses the policy you put in place that was there because of how you botched it with Ray Rice the first time. I don't understand. Now, let's get to the hypocrisy part of it, and we're going to circle the car back and go to the two games versus a lifetime... um, suspension or an indefinite suspension again it's lifetime indefinite suspension at this point it's pretty much the same thing when ray rice is first and everybody here seems to be hypocritical in this all, all the people making these decisions the baltimore ravens and the nfl when this first happens and he gets his two-game suspension and uh, i'm not going to deal today by the way with Did the NFL know, should they have known, the videotape? Is there a videotape? Where's the videotape? Who's got the videotape? Who saw the videotape? Why are we calling it a videotape in 2014? I'm not dealing with any of those questions. I'm just going to deal with the NFL and what Ray Rice told the NFL and the circumstances that got him the original two-game suspension. When this happens, when this happens, the NFL gives him a two-game suspension based on what he admitted whether he admitted he punched or slapped uh, Janae Palmer, now Janae Rice, doesn't make any difference in terms of just the fact that abuse was committed. The Ravens don't do anything except, except the fact that they're going to miss Rice for the first two games of the season. And the NFL sort of washes their hands and says, well, we dealt with this one. Later on, they're going to apologize for not dealing with it as strongly due to the amount of outrage. But that's it. And then it's, it just sort of is out there as something we discuss. But there's no hand-wringing and teeth-gnashing. Then the video is released. And in in short order... Monday at 4 a.m. the video is released. The video showing Rice striking uh, Palmer, now Rice. I'm just going to call her Palmer, folks. So I don't say it's Rice hitting Rice for the easily confused out there. It shows Ray Rice hitting Palmer in the elevator. And by lunchtime, the Ravens have already cut Ray Rice. And a little while later, Goodell hands down the indefinite suspension. So the hypocrisy here is almost stifling, almost choking me to death with your hypocrisy. This is the same team. Let's deal with the Ravens first, kids. This is the same team that erects a statue. And what is it with guys named Ray who play for Baltimore? That erects a statue outside M&T Bank Stadium, if that's what it's called these days of Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, a man who... in the last Super Bowl... before, I'm sorry, the first Super Bowl, I guess... is... a Super Bowl for which he was named MVP, by the way. Another embarrassment for the NFL, but more on that in a future podcast. A man who was complicit in the murder of at least two people. And when I say complicit, we don't know if he actually committed the crime. All we know is, according to the justice system, he pled guilty to obstruction of justice under some very shady circumstances. And you can talk all you want about what the courts do, what the courts say, but this is a league that has no qualms with suspending a quarterback And I'm speaking about Ben Roethlisberger for six games for some unsubstantiated accusations about what went on in a women's room between allegedly two consenting adults, which is far different than the murder of two people. And the Ravens celebrate Ray Lewis. And I'm not here to judge Ray Lewis and say that he killed anyone who didn't. I'm just saying under the circumstances... Very, very shady circumstances. The Ravens have erected a statue of Ray Lewis outside of m Bank Stadium. Saying, we celebrate this guy. And partially because, if not fully because, he won us a couple Super Bowls. So, I'm sorry, I got distracted. I went to the zoo for a moment there. He won two Super Bowls for them. So... You didn't cut your ties from that guy, the face of the franchise, the guy who comes out of the tunnel, or did come out of the tunnel till, up until this, this season, when after he retired, and led your team out. He did the Ray Lewis dance He gets Baltimore all lathered up. And you celebrate him. But Ray Rice, who you already knew, unlike... Yes, I just... That's me. This is me punching my own fist because I'm so mad. And how, how hypocritical the Ravens are you knew exactly tape aside you knew exactly what Ray Rice did whereas with Ray Lewis it's still a little murky I understand okay it's a little murky but he was involved according to the law if you're involved in the murder of somebody even if you're just obstructing justice technically kinda sorta you can be called a murderer so you have two guys who, who admit they had a part in some crime, in both heinous crimes, domestic violence, murder, both heinous crimes, and one you celebrate and one you kick off the team. And not to mention that a guy who's playing on your team, no, so happens to be a pretty darn good football player, Terrell Suggs, T-Sizzle himself. Another guy who's been involved in these kinds of scrapes before and he's still on your team but you know what it is that videotape comes out in the very first podcast I did I talked about the hypocrisy of outrage that we make these visceral reactions to things that come out and we get all angry and we we get really red faced fists clenched veins bulging and we do these things and then it goes away then the outrage goes away and move on to the next topic because we want to do what seems popular. Sometimes outrage feels good because it shows that you're a sensitive and caring individual. The videotape, as I said before, doesn't change the nature of the crime. It just shows you what happened. So why cut him? You already know what this guy did. And, and we're going to look over the landscape to San Francisco, California, and Charlotte, North Carolina. There are two guys who are kind of in the same boat. They just haven't been convicted yet. Well, Greg Hardy's been convicted. Greg Hardy of the Carolina Panthers has been convicted. He's pleading. And Ray McDonald of the San Francisco 49ers is under investigation. But do you need a videotape in those cases to know how awful it is in the Greg party case to push down your and allegedly allegedly everyone, please don't sue me, to allegedly push down your significant other girlfriend wife, whomever it is, I don't know off the top of my head. Push her down onto a bed full of guns, knock her into a toilet, and just do some horribly awful things. Do you need to see a videotape to know how awful it is that Ray McDonald allegedly kicked or punched or did something horrific to his pregnant girlfriend you don't need the videotape i mean yes we're a very voyeuristic society we, we see these things then we get all outraged but it's the same event it's the same action so baltimore it's hypocritical what are you doing you're better than that you're one of the model organizations in the nfl you are better than this type of overreaction it makes you look so phony phony and speaking of phony let's move on to the NFL I mean the NFL doesn't do anything about the boatload of people who either have done or are suspected of doing just some awful awful things those are my glasses sitting in the microphone by the way some awful awful things and yet They're still in the NFL. This is a league that has people like Leonard Little and Dante Stallworth, both of whom I believe under the influence have taken another life. It's not murder, but it's still the death of somebody. This is the league that had Lawrence Phillips in it, who kicked his pregnant girlfriend down the stairs. It's a league full of bad people who have committed take this in the spirit which is given who have committed crimes that are far worse than the domestic abuse that we saw on the videotape that we see with the Ray Rice case and please don't I am not minimizing what Ray Rice did but there are levels of everything and because the tape gets out there and because the shield might just have a of rust on it now from this that the shine on the shield may be coming off just a bit he's done he's kicked out it's completely and utterly hypocritical that ray rice takes the fall somebody always has to take the fall in these visceral type reactions instead of having consistent penalties the nfl instead chooses to pull the rug out from under somebody, so they can say, "Look, we took some swift—if you call uh, February to September—seven months swift and decisive action. So we're okay. Everybody can love us again." It's um. It's sad. It's just a sad, sad state of affairs with the NFL and their utter hypocrisy. Um, The question is going to come up, obviously, should Ray Rice ever play again? And I think I kind of answered that. If you don't let Ray Rice play again, if there's this conspiracy of silence or the conspiracy of dunces amongst the other NFL teams not let him play, then again, I must ask you, Carolina is letting Greg Hardy play. San Francisco is letting Ray McDonald play. Nothing from the NFL on these guys. And don't tell me they haven't been adjudicated finally and formally when I just told you that this is the league that had no trouble taking Ben Roethlisberger and suspending him for six games for unsubstantiated, I can talk, unsubstantiated allegations. Uh, You're not going to let Ray Rice back in? I'm sure the NFL will hear Ray Rice's appeal. And he should appeal and let him back in. But what league is going to touch him? Now the league's afraid, and I'll get to why they shouldn't really be afraid in a moment. But the league will be afraid. All these other teams will be afraid to touch him with a 10 foot pole. And yet, this is a league that has built its foundation upon lots of guys who, in any other walk of life, would be fired, in jail. Who knows? You know, there are a lot of good guys in the NFL. A lot, and sadly, they get overshadowed by the ones that cause all this trouble, cause all this service, as my mother would say, for the NFL. So you're not going to let Ray Rice. In what about Michael Vick? The and I'm not going to go into it here. But what Ray what Ray Rice? There I go again. What Michael Vick did to those dogs is horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. And he served time in jail. You know, he redeemed himself off the field and on the field. And there was protest about what he did. There's still protest. You still heard people this summer when Michael Vick signed with the Jets saying, I'm never going to go to an NFL game or a Jets game again. Please. I'm going to get into that in a moment, but there are still people calling into New York sports stations complaining about Michael Vick, but we let him back in with open arms. So we shouldn't excommunicate Ray Rice forever when we've already shown we, the NFL, they, I'm not part of the NFL, have already shown that they're the league of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh chances, especially when... And here's the dirty little secret, the worst-kept secret in the world, especially when you can help somebody win a championship. So I don't know if he will play again, but I'd be offended if he wasn't allowed back into the same club that lets people who are far worse continue to play, and sometimes without any sort of punishment. All right, and that brings us to... In the wake of what's happened with the videotape and the who knew what and uh, the whole it's Watergate all over again except in football, should we, should we, should the NFL make Roger Goodell resign? Should he resign? Should he not resign? I'm going to give you the definitive word. It's the definitive word because it's my podcast. (laughs) If you want your own definitive word, um, get your own podcast. Roger Goodell should resign, not because of the Mishigas with the tape and Ray Rice and the total mishandling of this situation, but this is the first week of the NFL season. Is as I pointed out last week, or two weeks ago, last show, is springtime for people like me. Springtime for guys. ...who love sports and love their football. It's renewal. It's rebirth. It's the snow has melted. And the first buds of spring. Little footballs coming up from the ground. So beautiful. So majestic. And what we should be talking about in that first week... ...opening week of the NFL season is how glorious football is. There's so many stories to celebrate so many players to celebrate and lately over the last few years what are we talking about? We're talking about scandal we're talking about gates spy gate bounty gate Uh, now I guess we can call it rice gate Uh, it's always something it's it's one scandal after another it's one player in trouble after another and Goodell's responsibility as the paladin of the shield, the guardian of the national football league is to not let this stuff happen. It's not the, the focus this week be on Ray Rice and how the NFL totally botched his punishment and the evidence gathering. It should be about football. It should be about how dominant the Seattle Seahawks looked in the, the total crushing the boat racing of the Green Bay Packers. It should be about Peyton Manning continuing to to amaze us all now three years after his neck was reconstructed, still going strong. It should be about fantasy football and how the league has finally gotten into bed with the fantasy football folks. It shouldn't be about all these scandals. So inevitably... When you talk about Roger Goodell resigning, it's it's not because of any one thing. It's not, again, another visceral, hypocritical, outrageous reaction. It's your league has become a league in which we just shake our heads and say, oh, the NFL, another scandal. Oh, call me when it's news. And We should be focusing on what's on the field not what's off the field and when that happens when your league goes down that road you need a strong commissioner to get in front of it and stem that tide and I don't think that Roger Goodell has done that and I think part of the tide that needs to be stemmed is his fault a lot of this is his fault he has clumsily handled all of these problems and lest we forget Cowboy fans and Redskin fans he oversaw what was still the most devious, confusing, underhanded, pathetic attempt to get even with the free-spending teams, the Cowboys and the Redskins, this whole made-up, trumped-up penalty, crime, malfeasance, whatever you want to call it, with the Redskins in a year when there was no salary cap. Let me underline that. No salary cap. The Redskins and the Cowboys get in trouble for exceeding a non-existent salary cap? Look, it was funny when 40-some-odd years ago, the owner of the Washington Redskins, Edward Bennett Williams, said about George Allen that he's given him an unlimited budget and he's already exceeded it. Or words to that effect. That was funny. It's not funny when the NFL says, here's an uncapped year, go ahead and spend the redskins spend it was it was it was hanukkah for little danny snyder he could spend any amount of money he wanted without regard to the cap oh but oh oh you violated the spirit of the salary cap and the spirit of competition huh i'm sorry what How is it competition when you take the two teams that took advantage of an uncapped year and you penalize them for the next two years? That penalty set the franchise, both franchises back. If you look at the rosters of both those teams now, there could have been some free agent moves that might have added some depth, might have added some starters, and both teams wouldn't find themselves in the position they're in now, looking down the barrel of another lost season. And that was Roger Goodell in cahoots with the union. By the way, the union, where is the NFL players union in all of this? Where is the outrage by the players union about what happened to Ray Rice? Or are they just rolling over and accepting it? Because, again, hypocrisy of outrage. We don't want to mess with it, even though we're the players union and we're supposed to protect our players from things that seem unfair. And excuse me, Demoris Smith head of the NFLPA, it seems to me that when you punish a guy twice and you exceed the punishment that you yourself created, well, not you, DeMora Smith, the NFL, that the NFL created because of what Ray Rice did and there hasn't been an additional crime, when that penalty is exceeded and you're punished twice for the same crime, I would think the union would say, uh, excuse me, we've got a small, tiny little problem with what you've done. Just a tiny one. Yeah, I don't mean to to intrude on your good nature there, NFL, but, but we got a little problem here. Huh? We think something's gone horribly wrong, all right? Where is the union? Suspiciously silent. Very, very sad. So, here's why Roger Goodell won't resign. And he won't be fired. Because the bottom line is this, kids. The bottom line is this, friendos, buddies, pals. Best listeners ever. It's all about the cash. Straight cash, homie, as the great philosopher Randy Moss once said. Straight cash, homie. The NFL is hemorrhaging money. The NFL can't find a big enough vault for all their money. And when the owners hire a commissioner... They want some guy who's going to make them a schload of money. Big, steaming piles of money. And that's what the NFL has. And there's a reason why it's so expensive to advertise in the Super Bowl because there are so many eyeballs watching. It's still, when they do the, the most highly rated shows of the year, it always comes back to the Super Bowl the top ten most watched shows of all time you 've got mash the last episode then a bunch of Super Bowls and that's not an accident people love this even non football fans watch the Super Bowl it's it's an unofficial national holiday and until a sponsor says and I mean a major sponsor pulls out of the NFL Roger Goodell is safe and 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 there isn't going to be a I got news for you there isn't going to be a major sponsor that pulls itself out of the NFL because it's a it's the golden Goose baby, and they want those golden eggs so the sturm and drang about we're going to lose women viewers because of what happened is just not true. there's going to be some transition. You're going to get some viewers that you're going to lose, but they'll be replaced by others. People are going to watch. Yes, there's outrage now. But and I got a paper right here. Look at all the women at the Thursday night game. Great timing, by the way, that the Thursday night game features the Baltimore Ravens. It's a cosmic joke if ever there was one. All those women... Wearing Ray Rice jerseys. I don't know where all these lost viewers are going. But they're not going to suddenly have a severe dip in ratings. This will pass. Again, this league is filled with misogynists. And women still flock to it. You'll still have here now incredibly ironic and suspicious... Uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, everybody wearing pink, and there'll be some raised eyebrows about how a league that seems to belittle violence against women has a Breast Cancer Awareness Month. But be that as it may, let the league do that. Let the league fool itself into thinking it's a sensitive organization. But they're not losing any viewers. No one's going anywhere. There'll be a little bit of attrition That'd be a little bit of lost viewers, some trickling here and there. But it makes a lot, and I'm going to get real close to the microphone. They make a lot of money. And so Roger Goodell's not going anywhere, as long as the league is making money. And I, I would gather by the time the league stops making money, he'll be dead. So it won't matter. We're talking a long, long time Speaking of time, I'm looking at the, the show clock. Wow. Well, I really can't blather on, can I? Okay, uh, real quick. There's just so much I want to talk about, and I'm not going to talk about really any of it, uh, except to say this, with what's happened to Adrian Peterson, it seems like the NFL can't catch a break, can they? Look, um, we don't know what's happening with Adrian Peterson other than he's been um, indicted for child abuse against his four-year-old son. Just horrible, God! It it just—it just—you move from consenting adults uh, in an abusive relationship to children. Uh, Kudos to Minnesota for making him inactive, and and I don't know why they—whether they did it because again they're bowing to pressure, because this is how they feel. But it was swift. They said, "Look, while this is going on, you got to sit," and that's the right course of action. From here on forward, if you're a team that has a player that's under some cloud of suspicion, just make him inactive. I mean, P- Peterson's getting paid while this is going on, while they're investigating this. Just say, look, we're not going to trot you out into the field wearing your number 28 in the purple and yellow while it's out there that you could have molested. I'm uh, molested, I'm sorry. There was not molestation. It was abuse. It was, had to do with the level and severity of punishment. It was not molestation. I apologize to... All those who may be listening, especially the lawyers for Adrian Peterson, not molestation. But that's how you do it. You sit a guy and say, you're going to wait on the bench at home, getting paid, practice with the team, whatever. We're deactivating you until we get this cleared up. And if it turns out that all the allegations are true, and it's, you got to read it on your own, folks. It's startling. It's startling. If the allegations are true, it's startling what Adrian Peterson of the Vikings considers to be okay punishment for a four-year-old. If it's true, he's done. Because domestic violence is one thing against adults, and presumably, and I'm going to say this for those of you who are not watching on the simulcast, I'm putting this in quotes, defending themselves. Adults who can, again, air quotes for the non-TV viewers, defending themselves is far worse or is not as severe I should say as a child a child can't defend himself or herself and if you're going to indefinitely suspend Ray Rice when it was a a struggle and a conflict between two adults what do you do with Adrian Peterson I'm not saying domestic violence is okay but child abuse isn't Uh, they're both horrific crimes and in a lot of cases, it is in both, it, they're both involving defenseless victims. But if it turns out that it's true with Adrian Peterson, it's a child. Y- and you got to cut your ties with him if it turns out that this is true. Because as bad as it is to be associated with um, someone who's been convicted of domestic violence, it's since the league feels like this is a horrific awful thing for the league, then you got to say bye-bye to someone who's abusing children. And now for the awkward podcast transition from Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson to the QSR Spotlight. Look, I can't end today's showgram on a buzzkill of a note, but if you can hear this... That's my show rundown. Index card filled with stuff that I was going to talk about. And, and it's this whole Ray Rice mishagas that has me all lathered up. I'm verklempt over Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson. So let's. I'm going to calm down. <sighs> Cleansing breath. And I'm going to move on to the QSR spotlight. Let's talk about some food. That always calms me down. First up, we have Taco Bell. Taco Bell, which seems to do everything right. I'll admit, I'm a man who's not shy about my love for Taco Bell. Uh, Fried chicken battered with tortilla chips. That's right. It's Taco Bell's spin on fried chicken. Uh, Taco Bell has ground beef, grilled chicken, grilled steak, and now fried chicken, as I read from their press release. Um, The distinguishing factor of... Taco Bell fried chicken as opposed to other fried chicken is it's battered in tortilla chips. Yes, tortilla chips. Mm. My mother makes a cornflake chicken, which is to die for. And uh mom, if you're listening, I'll be over this week for some cornflake chicken. Uh, you don't have to make me the uh, tortilla crushed fried chicken. Uh So you can get this in the new biscuit taco, which comes with either Um, country gravy or jalapeno honey Uh, yes please sign me up Taco Bell let's see uh, the world's first champagne popsicle contains 37% champagne the pops company uh, has these popsicles yes popsicles that are roughly equivalent to half a glass of champagne they are printed on champagne flutes um, and they have as the press I'm quoting the press release now Ever classy celebrity clientele, which includes Miley Cyrus, Gordon Ramsay, and Katy Perry. You can get these on the Pops P.O.P.S. website. I don't know that I would include Miley Cyrus when I'm talking about classy clientele, but, you know, um, to each his own. All right, uh, Hershey's. And once again, I find myself beating my head against the wall over people who want to make Halloween-themed confections. Hershey's has a candy corn candy bar, which is allegedly white chocolate, but not really. It's um, white chocolate with bits of candy corn inside. Um, Not quite my cup of tea, mixing chocolate and candy corn, but if that's your thing, enjoy. Enjoy. All the Halloween goodness. Oh, I almost forgot. Um, the QSR Spotlight, as always, is uh, sponsored by thejunkfoodguy.com. Uh, it, all things junk food, reviews, um, other popular culture tidbits. It's a great website, junkfoodguy.com. You can follow him on the Twitter machines, at junkfoodguy. And when you're not listening to my show, check out the Nosh Show podcast. Um, subscribe to it on iTunes. Leave him a nice comment, etc., cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. Okay, moving back to uh, the QSR Spotlight. Uh, burger King Japan has created a black cheese black bun burger. Yes, that's right. Black cheese. Now, I, for one, when I'm choosing dairy products, if I see a piece of cheese that's black, I'm running in the other direction. But okay. You know, Different strokes for different folks. So in Japan, the Kuru, K-U-R-O burger... Comes with black buns. that get their color from bamboo charcoal and onion and garlic sauce dyed with squid ink and black pepper. Wow. That sounds really yummy. Ew. I mean, again, when I go to Burger King, I'm not asking for charcoal, squid ink, um, or garlic sauce. Just give me a burger and make me fatter, please. Okay, uh, my last... Story on the QSR Spotlight. Moms, please hide the children on this one. Um, Stuff, a New Zealand-based candy company. This is according to Stuff uh, magazine. A New Zealand-based candy company called Dutch Rusk. It's a catchy name for candy. Dutch Rusk has had a huge recall because their packs of Dragon Sweets gummies were somehow mixed up with... Are you ready? Penis-shaped gummies. That's right. Penis-shaped gummies. One out of every 20 bags of Dragon Sweets contained little penises. Which, by the way, is a much catchier name than Dutch Rusk. Little penises. Little bags, oh penises. There, I've said it enough times. Let the FCC do what they will. All right, that brings us to my favorite segment, the Bitterness and Rage show dope of the week in this case is the dopes of the week and it's not somebody from the world of sports but it's one more little mcnugget on ray rice uh fox news what a shock that fox news has uh weighed in totally inappropriately about the ray rice situation this was uh, on september 8th so just a few days ago and i won't get into um The commentator, what is her name? My notes, my show notes. This is what happens when I'm doing this by myself. Andrea Tantaros. Tantaros, I'm not sure you pronounce her name. I I won't get into her blaming Obama for what happened. I I don't have any clue how he's involved. But anyway, we'll move on from that. The dopes of the week are Steve Ducey and uh, Brian Kilmeade um, from the, I think it's the Fox and Friends morning show. And it goes something like this. When um, asked about violence against women, and not just uh, Janae Rice, but Beyonce and Rihanna and other famous women who have been victims of domestic violence, uh, Brian Kilmeade, and they were asked their advice, if they had any advice for women. And Brian Kilmeade said, "Uh, I think the message is take the stairs. That's nice. And uh, Steve Ducey said, The message is when you're in an elevator, there's a camera. Sensitivity abounds at Fox News, doesn't it? So, uh, Brian Kilmeade and Steve Ducey for being unbelievably misogynist and insensitive, you are the Bitterness and Rage Show co-dopes of the week. Whew, I'm winded. I talked about one topic for over 40 minutes. Even for me, that's... That's got to be some sort of record. I want to thank you all, as always, for tuning in, for listening, for allowing me to come into your living rooms in a non-creepy way every once in a while for 40 minutes or so. Um, if you want to get in touch with me and complain or praise or both, at Bitter and Rage on the Twitter machines, rage at gmail.com. Please send me an email. Uh, bitterness and dot dot let's try that again shall we bitterness dot dot com if you want to find this episode and previous episodes so you can subscribe to it be a friend of the show leave me a nice comment subscribe 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 don't forget the ice bucket challenge challenge friends I've, so far I've got four retweets that's two dollars more than the $10. You guys can do better than that. A dollar for each follower, 50 cents for each retweet of the tweet I put last time on the show about the Ice Bucket Challenge. You can find it. Go to my Twitter page and find it, retweet it. New followers, give me some new followers. Let's make some money for ALS research, kids. Come on, let's go. It's up to you. And remember, if you want to email me and set up how the dousing is to take place, please do. Best email wins. Gets to set it up, put it on video, put it out there on the World Wide Web's for all of you to enjoy. All right, I'm going to go and get some water now because talking about Ray Rice has got me angry and dehydrated. Uh, Friends, as you know, the Bitterness and Rage Show is a Mia Sote Cologne production. And I will see you on the other side, Ray